Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast Podcast, brought to you by thelines.com. It is Thursday. We've got nine games here on this NBA slate. Nate and I are going to be running through our best bets in this video. Also have a player props video up with four bets in there as well. So continue to follow along and subscribe to that page. Also want you to head to thelines.com and use everything that we're putting up on the site for you guys right now, uh, including that prop finder tool that we use each and every day to make sure that we're getting the best odds available to us on all of these bets that we are making in the NBA this season. Nate, let's go ahead and get into your first uh, player. I'm sorry, best bet here. And I believe we had a pretty good night last night once again, no? Yeah, good. Great night on the best bets. I mean, five hit. Uh, I, I whiffed on the player props, but usually we had been doing well there well for a week, really. Um, but looking at the first bet here, I mean, it is the buck stops here. It is time to take Milwaukee as they are back home. Um, minus one against the wolves. I, I mean, five games under doc rivers, all five were on the road. This is a team that was already Jekyll and Hyde home road. They're 21 and five at home. Obviously I would love for Damian Lillard to be able to play in this game. Uh, and, and his status is still cloudy, but I mean, there are props up for him. No Chris Middleton. I don't think that matters. I, I mean, I mean, it matters. It's a factor, but they've, they've still won six straight without him. They went, they're six and two overall scoring 126 a game, tons of free throws. And and that's really the, the nitty gritty. When you look at this matchup is the wolves are giving up the most free throw attempts per game in their last five. They limit assists. They limit, you know, uh, pain points, but they don't limit Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, and when you give up free throws, that's that's what you have here. The last two times these teams met, I mean, Giannis went for 43-20-5. And you say, oh, but there's no Cat and Rudy in that game. Uh, well, the previous one with Cat and Rudy in there, Bucks still won by 13. They, went, they won by nine the first one. Giannis had a triple-double, got 20 free throw attempts, and he helped rack up 10 fouls on those two guys. So it's not like they can just lock him up. I know the Wolves are playing better team defense this year. But lately, eh, I mean, the, the the defense is still okay. It's not as good on the road, for sure. I mean, they allow a 4% higher clip uh, inside the arc on the road. They allow m- much more pay points. And, uh, I mean, really, it's like, look, the Bucks' offense has been struggling down the stretch under Rivers. It's going to struggle, or it's going to be touch and go if Dame can't play. Like, again, we, we would love him to be back in there. But what's the best solution when you're struggling down the stretch is face a team that's struggling even harder. The Minnesota Timberwolves in their last five uh, clutch games on the road have a negative 35 net rating and negative and 137 defensive rating last nine overall. So including four at home, the fifth worst offensive rating like this team is just bad in crunch time. Their offense, it does not scare me whatsoever. And while Milwaukee has their defensive issues. Like they're they're back under this new scheme, this pack it in scheme. Dare people to beat you from three, <clears throat> even though the Wolves have been shooting forty four percent from three in their last five roadies. They're still one and four against the spread. Like they just their their offense does not scare me. They don't scare me as a contender, as a playoff team, etc. Like I'm fine fading them, especially on the road against a more desperate team. Like I mean, it, it is the Bucks just absolutely need to to get this right? No faith in Minnesota, huh? Like pretenders. Yeah, we're, we're calling them pretenders here. Um, I mean, on the road, maybe a bit more. I, I, I don't, yeah, I, I don't know what to do with the Bucks, man. I, I think without Chris Middleton, it's interesting that, like, yeah, nothing really changes, yet he's still given a lot of the blame for the problems that they're having this season, almost similar to, like, Clay Thompson, where it's like, because you can't hold your weight anymore, we're not as good. Um, but I don't know if that's truly the case to the point that you're making. Uh, we'll see. I, Dame needs to play. I, I would say that Dame needs to play for sure. That's a huge part of this. Um, and, and there's nobody on the other team 
that's going to be a great matchup for him. I guess maybe you try and stick in on him, but um, that's, you know, they, they haven't really had this matchup yet with Milwaukee with him on Milwaukee. So we'll see how that goes, but um, let's go. Let's, let's, let's see if Glenn rivers can get things going here for this bucks team. Uh, let me go to that Dallas game with the New York Knicks. And I guess there's a chance that Jalen Brunson plays, but I'm taking the, the Mavs minus three and a half before that news fully comes out. Uh, it's questionable. The reports from Tibbs, who could be a liar for all intents and purposes because he's that type of coach and he's not really here to make sure you know what his what's going to happen on his team. But he did say that uh, Jalen Brunson was likely to miss days, not weeks. Very vague statement. Does that mean that he's likely to miss days or does it just mean he's more likely to miss days than weeks or what does that mean? Right. And so it's still pretty vague in a way that he could play. Um, but even if he does play, that might be bad for them because they rely on him so, so heavily that everything breaks down without him. What do you think is going to happen with a, a hobbled version of himself, right? Uh, and the fact that the medical staff is like, we could, could we sh- we would consider keeping him out for weeks is like, you, I'm, I mean, I'm guessing here, but it's Tibbs is the type of coach who has been known to be like, weeks, no, get him out there in a couple of days, whatever it takes. And it's like, okay, that's been the reports on him for his whole career, why guys don't like him. So hopefully that doesn't happen with JB, the savior of New York tonight, because then I won't have a future in, in the Knicks for a while. But for this one, you know what I found that was interesting is like, obviously the first thing you look at when you're, uh, taking a, a Dallas Mavericks game here and you're trying to handicap it is how good is the other team against threes and over the course of basically since January 25th which is now eight games for this team which has been with who have been without OG and Anobi uh, they have just completely plummeted in terms of their three-point defense uh, it's, it's actually wild to watch uh, the, the three-point defense over the course of the last uh, yeah like I said eight games now we've got them down at like 24th in terms of three-point field goals made uh, against the corner three they're absolutely terrible Guess who shoots the most corner threes in the league by far? The, the Dallas Mavericks with super uh, super computer uh, Luka Doncic just sort of getting into the lane and then finding guys out in the corner for 12 three-point attempts a game from the corner. That's a ton, by the way, because most guys don't shoot even one. Um, and they have multiple guys shooting two. So that is a big deal for them. Um, and I don't I, everywhere else as well, above the break threes, like all, the three-point line has been a problem for the Knicks. And that's really it for, for the Mavs, what, you, what you're worried about here. The, the thing that would keep you from betting on the Mavs, even if Jalen Brunson uh, doesn't play is the down low presence of, of basically Hartenstein at this point uh, for this team. But honestly, even precious Achua at this point um, and even power forward, Josh Hart have shown a propensity to be better than any of the starting uh, the bigs that are going to be on Dallas without Derek lively in there. And the Rook has proven to be super important. Luca's stats are better with him. The offensive stats are better with him. And the, the down low defense is slightly better with him on the floor. Still very bad. Very, very bad. But better. Uh, and the Knicks aren't really going uh, as far to the basket. They're still taking a lot of jump shots. They're still relying on Jalen Brunson to take threes and to, and to uh, pass out to the corners and to the wing as well. Without that, like, I don't know who scores for the Knicks, man. I love Dante DiVincenzo. I love Josh Hart. I love everybody that's going to be. I love this team so much. They don't, they're not, they don't, they don't have the, the ability to create offense without Jalen Brunson or Julius Randle, but especially Jalen Brunson. So without him, like I just, the Knicks are to me are just a shell of this, of the team that you would hope for that can like actually make a run at the Eastern conference. Yeah. I mean, it, this is the last shoe to drop. Like if you don't have Brunson, like you can't overcome all yeah. these other things, right. That like, otherwise I love this spot. Like Knicks lost in Dallas, basically the only team to get them aside from the Lakers with Brunson during this hot streak, yep. but you know, now, now back home and you don't have your gun, you don't have the emotional lift to l- light up the garden, to make this like an even bigger revenge spot. And at the, on the other side, like Kyrie is the type of guy who just loves sticking it to a loud crowd, right? And the one that's taunting him just did it in Brooklyn. 
Luca's playing very well despite his ankle issues. Uh, and we saw, yeah, that Dallas is a matchup problem. Like, the Knicks could not stop them, and they they won't be able to score with them without Brunson. So if he's out, uh, 100% endorsement. Yeah. Um, so I will take the magic money line and to beat the Spurs here and the under in this game. Boom. And that gets you plus money, plus 120. I actually hit an adjusted spread at minus 6.5 and, and got closer to plus 180. Because, I mean, I think the magic are going to win – uh, by around 10 points, at least here. That's this, We saw this exact spot, um, you know, when they were on their road trip last week. They beat the Spurs by 10. Game only totaled 206. They held the Spurs to 98 points. And now the Spurs are on a back-to-back, so it's not the exact same spot. They're on a back-to-back. Magic are back home after their road trip. And at home, that, that defense is fantastic. They're under an 8 of their last 11 at home. 7-3 and three to the under with a rest advantage this year. And 8-3... and three, when they have two days off, they were just blown out in Miami. Um, so I think that's a little bit of extra rest here. If you look at it at home, they're 12 and three in their last 15 when they have Franz. One of the losses is a back-to-back Cleveland scheduled loss. Um, you know, down the stretch, how do they win games? They, it's with their defense. You know, talk about this with Cleveland as well. Uh, they allow the fourth fewest points in the second half. They score the fifth fewest. So it's not like this game's going to run away from us. And the Spurs have changed the way they've played lately. I mean, I, I called this out to you when you were looking at Pelicans to, to light it up against them. It's like, no, suddenly they just, they, they're okay defensively. Like they have a league average defensive rating in their last eight. Uh, and they they can't score. So on the other side, that's why you have seven and one to the under in their last eight games. Abysmal three-point shooting. The one thing they do limit is free throw attempts right now. And Orlando scores the third highest percentage of their points off free throws. So that helps me think, you know, Orlando's not going to score like 120 plus and get this over the total by themselves. Spurs only scoring 104 in their last four, uh, you know, and the assist to turnover stuff, right? That's, that's a keynote with the Spurs always. If they're not, if they're not taking care of the ball and getting assists, that's when they, they lose. And, and the Magic, absolutely number one team in terms of limiting that, especially at home. Yeah, it's a good find. Um, this this spread definitely uh, kept kept rising until um, it got a little bit out of hand. But I mean, yeah, I, I would still say ten points is a reasonable expectation. Spurs on the back to back, Magic at home. We 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 definitely seen a bit of a turnaround for the Magic once they finally got healthy. So um, yeah, no 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 qualms with this one. I was looking at some unders for some Spurs players as well uh, for some props, and I would consider that like just. Never know who's going to play randomly 32 minutes for that team. One of the three guys that could. I should mention that while we're talking about this Knicks team, they just got Alec Burks back in a trade. And they also, more importantly, got Boyan Bogdanovich on the New York Knickerbockers in the same trade that just brought them. Um, they ain't playing tonight. They ain't, nah, they ain't playing tonight. But Alec Burks and Boyan would be out there firing. They ain't playing tonight. It would have yeah. been, you know, Alec Burks has been on the Knicks not too long ago. He could step out on the floor, but no, nah, it's, been, it's been long <laughs> enough, so. Uh, let's move on. My last one here that we're talking about. Oh, is the, uh, yeah, the, the dubs. Uh, I want to make sure I, I get in there cause they got, I got them at plus seven. I don't think you can get them at better than plus six. Now. Um, I didn't think that that would rise too much. So I made sure to hit it last night, but I still think six, six and a half is a good number for this team coming off of that victory. Um, I'm not, you know, I don't love to just go, Oh, they had a, a great win last night. So now they're just going to carry it over in today to, to, to today. But I will say that there's a few things that have turned around for them in a way that I think if, if they're going to continue to attack things like the the rim, first of all, with Jonathan Kaminga and actually be scoring points in the paint, that's a very good sign uh, for them. And that means that they're going to have their way with this uh, Pacers team that 
gives up all the free throws. They give up all the points in the paint. Um, they give up everything down low, as we know, and, and they give up the most points per game to power forwards as well. So, I mean, I, I'm obviously looking at Jonathan Kaminga, the second best player on the Warriors, to keep doing his thing because he is the second option now. That's why he's got 24 points a game uh, over the course of his last 10, even with Draymond. And he actually has more points per game with Draymond and better stats all around. So, this isn't a Jonathan Kaminga pick. This is the plus seven for the Dubs. Uh, and I do think that they're going to have a, a better time shooting the three than maybe uh, the Pacers have given to certain teams in the past. Uh, they have gotten a bit better, bit better down low with Pascal being down there as opposed to like having an OB Toppin be your, your your power forward point of defense, right? Which is why he's on the block uh, if he does get traded. But um, and, and even Neesmith, who has been good, is also undersized against guys down low um, and ha- has had that problem in one-on-one matchups in his individual defensive rating. So I'm looking at the three-point line and I'm looking at the paint. And if you can hit threes against the Pacers, you can score from everywhere else as well. Uh, they are in the bottom five in terms of a field goals allowed all over the place inside of 10 feet uh and then and the uh the warriors here like i said interestingly enough the, the, they are going to the basket a lot more with jk in there uh wiggins and uh green i expect to both play because the warriors didn't have to play their guys last night uh their starters averaged 24 minutes and that's including draymond who, who played 18 and kaminga who played 29 that was the range of their starter minutes in there you know clay got 28 because when he gets benched he gets really salty and mad so they make sure not to take him out for too soon uh but other than that nobody really had to go very many minutes as they were up by 20 by the time like you know the the second half rolled around uh so the other thing about the pacers here is like i think halliburton's in like i was trying to call that last time where i took over on his assists because he is going to be playing i think a bit more in the second half than we've seen he played 29 minutes when they wanted to make sure they beat the rockets a few nights ago I don't know why that would change. I think you can still expect 29 to 30 minutes from him, but there there's not going to be 35, 36 in there. Uh, and it's, I don't think it's, they're going to leave him in to like match buckets with Steph um, down the stretch. Halliburton himself has been pretty good when he's in, in clutch, but also the dubs in, in the last roughly like eight games or so have picked it up. At, well, let's say five games or so eight. There was three in there that weren't good five games ago. Uh, they turned it around, but that's also coincides when, when they started playing defense for the first time in like, three weeks right in the last uh six games or so defensive rating dropped from about 126 down to about 110 in the last uh five or six games for them so that's been a huge change for them that i think will continue if the the Halliburton off the floor minutes have not been great on offense uh for the Pacers so I'm gonna continue to bank on that believe in the dubs that like they have enough young guys that they're finally playing that we don't have to worry about this old team on a back-to-back uh and we can get some like Trace Jackson Davis in there Dario Saric should be available for more minutes because he has missed a couple games and should be well rested so uh, I am going to take that plus seven on the premise that it's just too big these teams are not seven points apart like that yeah, I mean, I've been higher on the dubs than you recently, you know, taking them um, and yeah, just kind of like reading into the like veteran team, both them and the Lakers seem like they don't want to just hit their stride after the all-star break. Like they need to build some momentum into it, um, yeah. you know, pacing themselves, understanding what it takes to pull out of this hole that they both built them built for different reasons. And the Pacers are just a not, not, you know, they're kind of like the magic last year. They're not a team you want to take as a home favorite. And in fact, two and seven against the spread, their last nine as home faves, uh, their team you want to take as a, as a plucky road underdog, you know, when Halliburton's closer to full strength and his minutes are going up. Like he might be a look in terms of player props here um, based on, you know, the market where he's at, he was able to play about 30 minutes last time. Right. And you got the assists in there. Uh, but in any case, he's still not full strength. The Pacers need him to be, and the Warriors, yeah, I, I'm not worried about this back-to-back after what happened last night. For sure. So, Nate, let's go ahead and get into your first NBA play-up prop for tonight. 
Yeah, I think it's time to take young Jalen Duren here. Um, coming off off a big performance against the Kings team. He had 20-15 and 6. I'm just going to take the points here, over 13 and a half. Uh, interested to take points and rebounds, which is at 11 and a half or 25 and a half if you combine them. Kind of want to see if DeAndre Ayton's able to go here. He's questionable with an illness. Seems like the points are better if he plays and the rebounds might be better if Duop Reith plays. Uh, although, you know, either one's intact against Portland, which has given up the fifth most points to centers in their last 30. Kings are number one limiting centers in that span. And so for Duran to go for 20 against them, definitely encouraging. Uh, you know, he had he showed great rapport with, with Jaden Ivey, who got the keys to the offense with Cade out. Uh, I think Cade will be back. I think it was just injury management last night, right? But the Pistons did just trade Alec Burks and Boyan, like as we record here. So that's going to leave some shots up uh, for sure. And Duran, he's so young that you, you'd think he is not affected by the back-to-back, and that is absolutely the case. In fact, he's had some of his biggest games on back-to-backs, 2020 against OKC, 21-12 against the Spurs, 23-15 all the way back at the beginning of the season against Chicago. Um, his last seven, 15 points per game, 13 rebounds, really good offensive rating, lower usage, but that usage is up to 17% his last five. He's scoring 16 now. Um, and yeah, I mean, you can hate on Aiton, but the last eight without him, the Blazers have a 125 defensive rating. So like he is helpful to have in there. And if he's, if he's out, that's a problem defensively. If he plays, but he's under the weather and he's already a guy who doesn't necessarily give you a lot of effort, um, you know, then, then that's kind of easy for Duran to just kind of, uh, dominate in, in the paint there, uh, on some pick and rolls. Yeah, it's one of those things where the the Hayton on Aiton, um, I can't believe no one has thought of that yet, but the Hayton going on here, spelled obviously H-A-Y-T-O-N, has gone too far. We've gone too far to the other side, right? The pendulum has definitely swung. Uh, jerks like me who keep making fun of how soft he is because he gets one free throw attempt per game as a center are like, <laughs> can you imagine being 7-1 and getting one free throw attempt a game? That's the frustrating part to me, and that's the only reason I make fun of him. But to your point... First of all, the the cal- the heavy the low calorie stats rather are there for him. And if he is getting low calorie stats, it means he's getting boards. It means he's at least a presence down there. Um, I don't know if he's even a better defensive presence than Duop Reith, but probably a little bit better. So it would be important, obviously, to their defense that he's out there. And and, and I would uh, concur um, that you know if he's even if he is though, I, I was looking at this Jalen Duran stuff too. So I'm with you on it. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go right back to Kaminga, baby. Uh, it's just a tailor made. Uh, I don't love to, I took him last night as well. And he would have hit except for the, uh, 76ers are an awful basketball team right now. Even with Maxi in, um, there's definitely some worry there that Maxi can't score without Embiid. but more importantly to this one, uh, Kaminga 28 and a half, I'm going to throw the assist in there. PRA as well. I'm not really scared of that. It's just two and a half. And he's gone over this number very, very consistently eight of his last 10. Indy allows the most points per game, two power forwards. We know they're one of those teams that we immediately look for quality scoring, athletic power forward. If they're playing the Pacers and team like them, then we go right at them. Um, And that's a good starting point. But, you know, the the reasoning for it is he scores more points in the paint inside of five feet everywhere around the basket than anyone on, on the dubs right now. He's the only dude scoring around the basket even Steph is having more trouble getting to the rim than he's ever had uh, because there's less guys that they have to worry about on the perimeter obviously so you you can't really you can sell out on him on the three-point line but you can also sell out on him once he comes inside the three-point line and leave the shooters for the dubs so that's why Kaminga is the only one shooting uh he's got 5.7 field goal attempts inside five feet nobody else has more than like 3.2 
uh, field goals per game that are inside there. So he's he's the dude down there, which is what you want against Indiana, who allows so many points in the paint. They allow the most field goal attempts inside of five feet, and they allow the fourth most made field goals inside of five feet. They do run you off the three-point line. Coming is only put up uh, a maximum of like four threes a game. Uh, he's mostly putting about two and a half, three threes a game, making like 50, almost 50% of them, like 40 something percent. So he's, he's been incredible on the, the small um, volume of threes that he's taken. But more importantly, he's also gotten to the line uh, about six times per game over his last 10. He's kind of the only dude doing that as well for the Warriors. Um, and the offensive rebounding should be there as well. The, uh, the, the Pacers here, fifth worst offensive rebound percentage. Kaminga is the leading offensive rebounder for this team. Even uh, Actually, even with uh, Kevon Looney right now, offensive board getter extraordinaire is still about the same as, as Kaminga because the minutes are obviously all the way there for Kaminga, up above 30. And for Kevon, they've, they've dropped down to about 20 or less per game because it's they, they need some athleticism and, say, believe it or not, size around the rim because even Kevon Looney can't really jump over a paperweight. So uh, I, I think the second chance points will be there a lot for Kaminga. He's going to be crashing every time he doesn't have the ball on offense and isn't the one shooting. But I do expect a solid 16 to 18 field goal attempts for him once again, uh, which should put him comfortably at the like 22, 24 point mark and then all we need is a few boards and uh and assists you already knew josh was taking kaminga i mean even even though yeah it didn't work out last night in in just a weird game now you get the pacers the 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 sieve against power forwards and you got one of the the hottest scoring power forwards in the league um yeah yeah, no no brainer here however you want to bet it my guy knows me (laughs) i'll take uh jared allen under here under 30.5 pra I'm tacking on the two assists. Initially, I was just thinking points, rebounds, but it's not a huge threat to have three assists, and you get better odds when you tack on two here. Um, And so the Cavs are on a back-to-back, and Allen is managing an ankle injury, which makes me even more confident about this. Um, You know, already putting some units on it. I I feel pretty damn good. And then I look at the back-to-back splits. He's only played 27 minutes per game, only gotten 12.8 points and 5.8 rebounds on short on those zero days rest versus like 17 and 11 when he has normal rest. And then there's the matchup against the Nets, a very good defensive team with Nick Claxton um, at that position. I mean, very good against that position. I will say they're allowing the third fewest points to centers in their last 15 Allen, his last five, their revenge spots, but still only managed 12 and 11 and a half against Claxton and company, you know, had a double double every time, but not really a high usage scorer. And that's the thing, Evan Mobley's back. And, and with Mobley in there, 18% usage, under 15 points per game, fewer, no, nine rebounds versus 12 rebounds and 16 on higher usage when he was out. He became much bigger part of the offense. Um, you know, I, I just don't think that he's going to, to have that much success against Claxton here. And then that's uh, kind of just a low-scoring, muck-it-up team. Plus, the Cavs only are scoring 104 as a team on back-to-backs here. So, the Allen is is clearly part of that trend. Yeah, I love this find. Uh, I thought this was a great look, uh, especially because that this team is healthy. Mobley's out there, and the assists are a great add because you've got um, Darius Garland out there. And when Darius, Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell are, are on the floor, then Jared Allen is not a, an assister by any means. Uh, when they are not on the floor, by the way, uh, if he's only got one of them with him, he does get a, a decent amount of assists, right? Like they go up, but once Garland comes back, uh, they go right back down. Once you've got both the guards out there, there's not enough ball to go around for Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland uh, in that sense. So yeah, the assists are a good add to go to the under and the fact that, uh, yeah, like you said, I, I love the, uh, the find here for him with the, the back-to-back. He was a little bit shook up. I already was saying that um, in, in talking about this last night where it was like, 
yo, the Cavs might sit somebody. They've just had two key players come off of uh, injury for like almost a month. And then they had uh, their Jared Allen, who was questionable in a game that he then went out and played like 28 minutes or whatever it was. So yeah, th- th- even if, if Jared Allen's in there, this is uh, another like a lot of games and, and a lot of nights for the Cavs kind of scenario. By the way, I do want to mention the, the dubs have played a lot of games as of late. I do know that for the coming a bet. It's also why I like the coming a bet even more to be honest, because uh, the fact that he's such a young dude playing on a team that's played a, a bunch of games in the last week, but Closing it out here on one that I don't think we're going to agree on. And I'm only putting a half a unit on it because this might be insane. And it might just be this like blind, like power forwards, no good against Minnesota. But I'm going under 52 and a half PRA for Giannis Antetokounmpo. And the main reason here is because he's playing the Wolves, obviously. I would prefer this game to be at Minnesota because they are insanely good at home on defense and not nearly as good on the road. Um, and so that's why this is a half a unit bet and nothing else, but I don't think things get easier for Giannis when he has less good guys around him. That's just not how it works. Now the assists have gone up when he's in a situation that he's playing without Dame and Chris Middleton, but not anything else, uh, in the eight games without Chris. And this is a little bit skewed both ways. Cause there's been a couple blowouts without Chris Middleton that they've gotten blown out and they've blown out teams, but in the eight games, 32 minutes, 28 points, seven, let's call it seven assists, uh, and about 11, bo- uh, 10 boards there for him when he's playing without Chris. So he ends up at about 46, 47 PRA without Middleton going up against a team that is the best at limiting what he wants to do all over the place. Like that is their whole defense is down low. The only power forward to have gotten 53 PRA against this team this season is Anthony Davis. If you want to call him that, if you want to look at centers, uh, it would basically be the same concept here. Like if you take AD out, there are no power forwards that do this against Minnesota. Now, is this the best power forward in the league? Probably. Almost definitely. Yes, he is. Uh, but with that in mind, uh, the fact that he needs to go to uh, the free throw line is one area that you were talking about. Yes, he might be at the free throw line 12 times tonight. Let's say he makes eight of them. Good with that. Now we're talking about needing a ton more, uh, right? So now you're talking about needing him to get to about 34 points. That's about 17 more field goals made, despite the fact that he's at the line 12 times. How many field goal attempts is he going to get for like 30, 20, 25? Like he can't, he can't shoot the ball that many times, can he? He can, but I don't think he will. And the fact that this might Minnesota team, obviously like we know how good they are down low. Third fewest points per game, rebounds per game, fewest assists per game to power forwards. Uh, they are uh, the best defense basically inside of five feet, fewest uh, points per game allowed. Once you get into the rim, even in the last uh, five games where they haven't been as good at uh, limiting free throws, they still have the third best rim field goal percentage. So like you got to get to the rim if you're Giannis to score. You can do it a lot. I get it, uh, but I'll go ahead and take slow mo to help him out on the on the on the wing out there. Maybe put some ant on him on the three point line, and then just a barrage of dudes as soon as he gets anywhere within 17 feet. So let's say he gets the 32 points, 34 points in that range, and then he's still it's too much RA at that point for me in, in what should be a really slow mucky game. Your logic is sound. What you are not accounting for here is Tell vibes. Me. It's Tell vibes. Me. The Bucks. <laughs> The Bucks are just going to find a way to win this game, or at least, you know, it's just, it's just the, the impression I'm getting here. Coming back home, Minnesota is just not the same team on the road, either offensively or defensively down the stretch. It's true. And, 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 you know, the whistle starts going Giannis's way. Rudy gets in foul trouble. All of a sudden, it opens up. He gets more usage. Like And, and I mean, yeah, even if you do go by the numbers, he absolutely dominated the Wolves at home last year, no Cat or Rudy for that game. Got to 51 PRA in the matchup with Cat and Rudy. Had a triple-double. Um, 
And, you know, if he didn't miss 10 free throws, then he would have gotten over this. I think it's high enough to take the under and, and feel sharp if you do it. But yeah, let, let's limit it to half a unit here. Cause Giannis like on top of this, it's like what I was saying when he had all the turnovers against the Suns. like he's pressing. He absolutely needs to go out there and, and go balls to the wall after, you know, being a part of the coach getting fired and making this transition. And he's got a lead now. Like he was publicly being like, yo, Adrian Griffin, what are you doing basically? <laughs> and now you got to go out there and you got to drop 35 every night with with peripheral stats especially if your other two guys are out like even if dame's back in he's still gonna he's gonna shoot a ton here uh so i i think it's risky to go on to fade him here i actually prefer dame to not play uh for for this to go under just yeah nobody nobody that you that you need to like all the reserves are flying at Giannis. it's like all the cavalry is just headed towards Giannis, and everybody else is sort of Left to do their own thing, to be honest. I mean, maybe some Brolo, Pat Connaughton, that Bobby Portis threes are on the way. I, the, the assists are super high for Giannis. It's a big part of this bet. It's wonderful that they're at like uh, seven and a half, even eight and a half, if you want yeah. some decent money on your bet there. So they're expecting like him to be diming up in this situation, which he has been, but that's that's too many. And without Dame, like it's just one fewer shooter. So yeah, it's, it's a half a unit to be able to say, I faded Giannis correctly. That's really it. So that is all the time we have for you in this one, though. Continue to follow along. Check out the best bets video that we have up for you today and each and every weekday as well. Until we see you next, happy betting.